Well, it is Fat Pile Friday, and that means there is a mountain of fat to get through today. And I think it's time that maybe we just get rid of all the fat that we've got in the pile today. Maybe we'll just call it, uh, you know, I don't know, liposuction. And we just get rid of the fat today. And we go through, I mean, the way I break up the stories is, you know, we just have the regular stories and crime and health and animal and bug world and sports and, you know, AI and the Royals and space. And then we go to the break room and, you know, we have the entertainment, uh, the magazine rack, and we have uh, headlines and we have, uh, you know, the coronavirus and the TSA and some politics and then maybe some ending stories and some extra stories. So maybe we just, I mean, the, the fat is the belly's hanging over the belt. The belly is hanging over the belt today. So I think it's time that we just get rid of all the fat today and start anew as we uh, begin chewing the fat today. So welcome and let's do some liposuction today on chewing the fat. And I feel like maybe we should just go, I should just read the headlines and <laughs> see where that takes us. I don't know. I've got a ton of stuff. We've got to get to it. Like, for instance, I see where Twitter, those of you that are still on Twitter, and I am at JeffyJFR, is going to uh, now start calling out mean tweets before they're even sent. Boy, am I looking forward to that. So they want to combat toxicity on the platform. And so they were developing a feature that makes users reconsider sending messages that its system detects as mean or offensive. Now, they claim that their initial tests show that 34% of the users who received the warning chose to revise their message or not send it at all. I'd like to know the difference between those who chose to revise and those who didn't send it at all, but they don't break it down like that because I was not part of this, you know, special test, but I can see where if I went to tweet something and uh, it popped up saying, do you really want to send this? I may go back and look at the tweet and change a word does that mean that I revised it? For instance, uh, last night on Twitter, I see where uh, one Twitter account breaking 911 tweeted that Atlanta Mayor Keisha Lance Bottoms will not seek re-election and she has reportedly accepted a position with at Walgreens. And so I quote tweeted, makeup or photo counter. Now, some may think that was a low blow or mean or offensive had i had they popped up uh a this tweet seems mean or offensive do you wish to change it or still tweet it i may have changed it i may have changed it to uh does that mean pharmacy tech or front counter i may have changed it to uh stalker or cleaner it's something like that but does that that means that i <laughs> That means that I revised the tweet, but it still is not really nice, is it? I mean, I thought it was funny, but I know that she's going to work for Walgreens. I got it. 
stop it. It's just silly. It's just silly. Let the platform be, but we're not going to that. Those days are long gone. Now, if you're say a farmer in Michigan and you are mad at your neighbor and you have a dispute with your neighbor over the property line, you build a poop wall. Does Twitter pop up and say, is that mean or offensive? Do you miss, do you mean to revise your poop wall? Well, no. Uh, according to this story, the farmer erected a 250 foot long wall of manure along their property lines in a Lodi township. It's south. Yeah. It's uh, south of Ann Arbor, southeast of Ann Arbor, southwest of Ann Arbor, somewhere in there. It's in Michigan. You know the state. You know, I mean, if you're looking, if you're looking at the screen right now, you can see my hand here, and it's right there in the state of Michigan. And so uh, the neighbors are all wound up. Of course, it stinks to high heaven, and they, you know, it's just a pile of crap. You know, a wall of crap. Now, normally the farmers, you know, spread that out over different fields for you know fertilizer, and in the summertime, you get that fresh country air smell in Michigan. I was raised in Michigan and believe me, I'm well aware of the smell of country air. But if it's all piled up along the property line, oh man, I bet you that smells great. Now, the farmer claims that, hey, that structure is not a poop wall. That's a compost fence. That's my compost pile. Oh, uh, okay. No problem. What kind of fight is going to happen with that, right? I mean, isn't that what uh, uh, Senator Rand Paul got into a fight with his neighbor about and the neighbor attacked him over some property line? Rand was stacking up limbs and stuff on the property line, or at least that was something to do with the story. There's a pipe. There's a, there's a, there's a fight coming. There's a poop fight coming. I don't know if it's going to be in the courts or if it's just going to be, you know, between the two farmers in the courts. I mean, the Supreme Court just said this guy can sue these jailers. Trent Taylor uh, was put in a jail cell here in the great state of Texas, and it was covered in poop and human feces everywhere in this cell. And he was naked. He said there was uh feces uh, smeared on the window and the ceiling and it was packed inside the water faucet and there were you know dry crunching under his feet just nasty and he claimed that the you know when the officers uh, uncuffed his hands behind him and shut the shut the slot he's gonna have a long weekend yeah no kidding so usually the uh jailers have qualified immunity which shields the government workers from being personally sued for their actions on the job now he's been in jail before and he's done other illegal things but look he was recently released after serving 11 year sentence for robbery and you know i get it he's really wasn't that great of a guy but did he deserve that i don't think so now he spent six days in two nasty cells 
<laughs> the first cell, he didn't eat or drink for fearing the food and water would be contaminated. And then the second cell had no toilet, and he was told just to relieve himself into a clogged drain on the floor, despite begging to be brought to the bathroom while well, I'm sure. And it had no bed, so he was forced to sleep naked on the floor in the raw sewage. Nasty. Now, he's, I guess they placed him in psychiatric unit cells because he had overdosed on pain medication. So they said that, you know, they were concerned that he might harm himself and he sued them. And the federal judges said, yeah, uh, those conditions were unconstitutional. And so they kept suing and upheld it. And finally, the Supreme Court said that any reasonable officer should have realized that Taylor's conditions of confinement offended the Constitution and Taylor could sue after all. Wow. Okay. So we'll see what comes of this case. I, I don't know how I would, how you know, if I'm on the jury, do I think that this guy, you know, he's a criminal? Do I think that this guy deserves to be put in a poop cell? I don't think so. I I don't think so. I think that that's and if they if they actually knew it, if they you know, and I'm sure that they did. If the cells were that bad, they absolutely knew it was a problem, and they did it on purpose. And it really you know those cells should not be like that. If you had a, I mean, there's a thing called a hose, and you actually hose them down. I mean. I, I I think he's got a pretty strong case because I don't want to be, I mean, if you got arrested, do you want to be put in a poop cell? If you were rescued from an overdose and you were, you know, even if, uh, let's just be clear. You can quote me on this. I don't want to be in a poop cell. Don't poop sell me, bro. That's my new, that's my new phrase. Don't poop sell me, bro. <laughs> Speaking of uh, poop cells, a federal grand jury has indicted the four former Minneapolis police officers involved in George Floyd's arrest and death, accusing them of willfully violating the black man's constitutional rights as he was restrained face down on the pavement and grasping for air. The three-count indictment unsealed Friday names all four officers, including Derek Chauvin. If he, you know, he's trying to do his appeal for the last trial and this is, you know, a new indictment, uh, he's specifically charged, Derek Chauvin, is uh, with violating Floyd's right to be free from unreasonable seizure and unreasonable force by a police officer. The other officers are, you know, also charged. Um, Derek Chauvin also charged in a second indictment stemming from the arrest and neck restraint of a 14-year-old boy back in 2017. He is never getting out of jail. It's just not it's not going to happen. And I know that conviction on these federal civil rights charges is punishable by up to life in prison or even the death penalty. And they say that these stiff sentences are extremely rare. Uh-huh. We'll see. Uh, I know that they're thinking about, you know, they well, they could be, uh, you know, get lighter sentences of that. It won't matter. These charges are going to continue to pile up 
because these guys will be in jail. They're guilty. It's not going to matter if some of these other cases get thrown out. It just isn't going to matter. And I love this story by the Associated Press. They tried to contact the attorneys of all the police officers, and Nelson, the attorney for Chauvin, had no comment on the federal charges. Uh, Messages were left with attorneys for two of the other officers were not immediately returned, and an attorney for the fourth officer was getting on an elevator and disconnected when reached by the Associated Press. So once you get on an elevator and disconnect, I mean, there's no such thing as, I don't know, calling them back. But that (laughs) just just made me laugh all right let's get through some of these uh, headlines we have liposuction we gotta get rid of some of this fat the fat is still hanging over the belt let's go let's get moving so a i'm just gonna read you the headlines now and we'll see where we're at at the end of this uh florida man used a prosthetic leg to smuggle drugs into jail i mean we talked about the lady that's you know stuffed the gun up her hoo-ha and you know of course you're gonna smuggle drugs in your prosthetic leg what else would you use it for (laughs) uh they found a cult leader mummified in a colorado home apparently she died and they moved her into this house and now they've arrested all these people and they've taken the kids from the from the cult people uh the cult people what was the cult people's name oh yeah mother of god was found mummified very disappointing so i guess one of her followers uh, walked into the police station in colorado and said hey uh i got a corpse inside my house and uh maybe you ought to come and take care of it so they showed up and the body was decomposing and mummified was wrapped in a sleeping bag and christmas lights with glitter and makeup encircling the corpse's seemingly empty eye sockets He said he uh, noticed uh, authorities identified himself as a follower of Love Has Won, which claims to be a spiritual organization, but is more often described as a cult. And the body belonged to Love Has Won's leader, a woman named Amy Carlson, but the group knew her as Mother God. And so everybody got arrested that was there. They took the kids. They didn't arrest the guy that came to the police station. But he had a kid that was there, and they took the kid. So that's, you know, just a quick story out of Colorado. Instagram influencer allegedly scammed followers out of $1.4 million. And uh, I guess their people are pissed. And she's taunting them with pictures on her vacation. I'm not sure if you ask people to send you money and they send you money, is that scamming people out of their money? So an Indonesian influencer under investigation for scamming followers out of $1.4 million. And a community savings scheme. And then she took the money. Uh, Good luck proving that. I mean, they're just pissed that she took the money and went on vacation. And I guess if I gave her money, I'd be angry too. But, you know, good for her. (laughs) We had a Buddhist monk chop his head off. And that was, you know, apparently with his guillotine, he was uh, looking for good luck in the afterlife. That's great. Uh, There was a guy that did the Warren Buffett diet for a week. That's an interesting story. We might have to get back to that because this guy went through the diet of warren buffett kinda i mean he tried to eat everything and eat the way warren eats for a week and he said it was not good but everyone is different remember that you know to each his own 
okay business insider author. We have a dog owner that found out his English bulldog only speaks Spanish. Okay. A Texas man mowing his lawn was killed after he was attacked by an aggressive swarm of bees. A lot of people get attacked by swarms of bees when they're mowing their lawn out there. That's why you have yard crews. You don't need to mow your own lawn. Then we had a Colorado woman died of a bear attack. (laughs) That's not funny. It's not stop laughing. Okay. It's not funny that this 39 year old Colorado woman died in an apparent black bear attack marking just the fourth fatal mauling in the state since record keeping began back in 1960 okay now they went out and searched for the bears and they found them they found the mama bear with two little babies and they went ahead and euthanized them and on inspection they found human remains inside the stomachs of the female bear and one of the young bears So, I'm guessing it's not really an apparent death by bear eating. And they're saying we can't uh, determine with exact certainty why this attack took place. But we'll perform uh, an autopsy on the woman next week to determine the official cause of death. Yeah, I'm guessing she got between the mom and the little baby bears. And the mom was having none of it. And so, she took off and, you know killed the woman and then while you as long as you've already mauled her you might as you might as well eat right you're already there well that was a mistake on the bear's part i mean think about this now for a second so if the lady actually just died and the bears stumbled across her and they thought hey well you know she's already dead i might as well eat and they ate her they euthanized the bears for just eating Now, I get the whole thing. We didn't want to get the bears, you know, their taste for humans. But they didn't really kill her. So, I guess we do have to wait to see what the actual cause of death was. Was it something else and the bears just ate her? Or was it the bears killing the lady and eating her? Either way, these bears are no longer going to be eating any other humans because they're gone. Have a nice day. Speaking of being gone, you see where the two teachers in uh, Florida, they're two amateur paleontologists make a huge discovery they're swimming in uh, in the peace river around arcadia and they come across a mammoth bone it's a femur bone that belongs to the columbian mammoth wow it's about four feet long 50 pounds estimated to be about a hundred thousand years old pretty cool pretty cool now uh they said that um They found a prehistoric shark tooth that dated back before great white sharks were known to exist and a saber's tooth. So that's kind of cool, right? And the one teacher actually used, I mean, he teaches at science at a place called Admiral Farragut Academy. That's in St. Petersburg, Florida. And I'm very familiar with the Admiral Farragut Academy. Uh, My son actually went there for a while and it's a, you know, it's a naval academy and uh really 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 good school and i had it was okay you know i went there for a few years how long did i don't even remember how long he went there but it's just a coincidence that the guy taught it admiral farragut so it's my connection to the story and florida so back off me all right and another michigan story should have brought this up in the poop story uh biologists uh real they were out uh fishing and they reeled in a 240 pound fish from the detroit river that's a big old fish man a big old fish so they wheeled it in 
and it's a big old lake sturgeon and uh, you know they have them in the detroit river and it was uh, they figure that it's about a hundred years old that's pretty good that fish has been around a long long time now i guess the sturgeons are usually 40 to 60 pound fish they're pretty big fish but this one was uh 240 pound lake sturgeon six foot 10 inch female about a hundred years old <laughs> so they reeled it in and they decided to set it back free again so maybe somebody fishing on the uh, side of the shore will catch this fish one more time but she's stayed free for a hundred years now so she's probably good for another hundred but that's a big old fish man you're doing some eating you're feeding the family you catch that bad boy no doubt about that all right let's go to the break room i need something cold to drink desperately on fat pile friday so if you're listening live to this podcast today 5 7 2021 you know that this weekend could be a deadly weekend. We don't know. We don't know. We heard from the Defense Secretary of the United States of America, Lloyd Austin, who said, yeah, you know, uh, I know that Chinese rocket ship is, you know, coming back to Earth, and it's probably going to come down this weekend, but, yeah, we're hopeful that it doesn't hit anybody that we care about. What? Are you kidding me? The latest estimates estimates that I've seen is somewhere between the eighth and ninth. Uh, you know, and and okay. the, the experts are still working on that. Oh, so uh, we don't know at for this sure. point, we, we we don't have a plan to shoot the the rocket down. We're hopeful that that it will land in oh. uh, in a place where it won't uh, won't harm anyone. Uh, hopefully, in the ocean or, or someplace <laughs> like that. I think this speaks to the fact that uh, for those of us who operate in the space domain, uh, there is a requirement, there should be a requirement to to operate in a safe uh, and, uh, and thoughtful mode and make sure that uh, we take those kinds of things into, uh, into consideration. Yeah, well, they did, actually. Uh, you know, I'm not saying that they you know knew what they were doing but they did actually and that was the point of the story is that they you know it screwed up and it was supposed to uh disengage and it didn't but you know i digress uh so they don't have a plan uh and they're hopeful that it lands in the ocean or someplace like that and that it doesn't you know harm anybody that we really care about you know if it harms somebody that we don't care about sure we'll help don't worry about it. We'll send some help over there wherever it lands. But holy cow, it could be anywhere. <laughs> yeah, we don't know where it's going to come down. We we don't know. We don't have any plans to shoot it down. And I know you think, well, we're going to shoot it down and create you know more pieces to fall to Earth. Well, the plan would be, and this is just me talking off the top of my head, but the plan would be that you would shoot it down before it reaches the atmosphere right you would blow it apart so that the smaller pieces would actually burn up as it comes through the atmosphere that's what they're saying is that what you know it's obviously going to be a smaller piece of debris than it 
than it was not going to be the building size or at least we hope it isn't once it gets through the atmosphere but it's still going to be a big chunk and it's going to be crashing down on the planet (laughs) so we're hopeful we're hopeful that it's gonna not hit anywhere that we care about or you know we probably we hope we hope that it lands in the ocean or someplace like that me too keep your head up man eyes to the sky this weekend and as long as we're looking up we might as well stick in the uh, fat pile for uh, the space uh, section we know that uh, the pentagon is set to begin the most expansive look yet at the military's response to unidentified aerial phenomena in an inspector general's investigation that was announced this week we had spacex starship uh, prototype the rocket sn-15 successfully landed it didn't blow up <laughs> gotta love that it was not destroyed after the high altitude test flight gotta love that we had a, a california representative john garamendi who said during a congressional hearing on space policy i suspect the norm is he who is strongest will win at the end of the process and we'll all be dead thank you representative we appreciate your time and if you're looking to the skies it might be brighter than normal the astronomers are very frustrated with elon musk's satellites uh, apparently the satellites are too bright <laughs> so how about you tone those bad boys down a little bit okay i guess the 240 small satellites in space as part of the starlink internet service uh, you know, it is a little bit too bright and the uh, people are pissed. <laughs> They're only going to launch, I don't know, 12,000 satellites, something like that. You know, maybe more, maybe 20, 30, 40,000. Who knows? Let's just get that sky full of stuff. Okay. But they, people are a little mad. Uh, the, uh, international astronomical union presented a brief version of a report on the impact of these satellites to a United Nations subcommittee committee (laughs) on the peaceful uses of outer space. Oh, okay. And they want to mitigate the loss of unobstructed night sky. So we're going to be worried about space wars and we can't have too many satellites up there because it's going to be too bright. It's going to have to put my shades on at night now and I look up at the sky and there's just no way to look up at the sky. We need dark skies. We need that to happen. Speaking of Elon, though, we got Saturday Night Live this weekend with Elon. And I guess, you know, it's still on. He's been there. He's been working. They've been going through rehearsals. I don't haven't heard any news of people storming off the SNL set. So I could have been, I think I'm right. I think it was just a show, just a way to promote the show. And if that's true, then good for them. Because Elon's on your side, you dummies. The only reason you don't like him is because he's rich. But I'm guessing, and this is just a thought, and maybe, you know, you could prove me wrong, but I'm guessing that the people on Saturday Night Live are getting paid to do their job. Huh. So they're not doing it for free. Elon's not doing what he does for free either. Okay? So get over it. Quick reminder, for those of you that are listening to this podcast right now and you're not a subscriber, you're sneaking a listen in on your friend's device, become a subscriber. Choose whatever platform warms the little insides of your heart. 
a lot of people call those cockles and uh you can choose whatever platform you can choose the one you're listening to on now or you can choose you know one that you prefer there's itunes iHeartRadio, stitcher spotify whatever one warms the little cockles of your heart and then become a subscriber to chewing the fat you might as well follow me on twitter too at jeffy jfr facebook instagram parlor is parlor down now facebook and instagram jeff fisher radio parlor are they down now i gotta i've gotta check that out yeah every time i try to use it i can't use it anymore and i go to their website and it says parlor will be back online soon and it talks about a few hours and then it hasn't been back so what's going on what is happening so there's no more parlor i guess parlor is over with i you know okay whatever that's fine hey just subscribe anyway you know if you can ever get on the parlor jeff fisher radio is available there as well and then you know my youtube channel chewing the fat with jeff fisher on youtube as well so subscribe to all of those particular links chewing the fat podcast chewing the fat youtube channel twitter facebook instagram parlor if it ever becomes available again and then your life will be that much better that's a guarantee so yesterday was the logan paul floyd mayweather press conference for their fight and it was at hard rock stadium in miami and of course you know they're both there and it's a big show and it was interesting so we ended up watching my son uh, and I watched the press conference. He brought up the Jake Paul's feed on Instagram. And I was watching the Floyd Mayweather feed on Instagram for the press conference. So it was interesting to see both different angles and hear, you know, uh, Floyd's press lady and Jake Paul running his yap during the during the press conference and Logan and Floyd were going back and forth and boy I tell you there's a big size difference no question between Logan and Floyd but Floyd I mean I'm rooting for Floyd I want him to win the fight but if if Logan beats Floyd Mayweather man (laughs) it's not going to be the end of the Pauls until the end of time man wow so Floyd had a couple of great lines during the press conference. He set up on stage when he was, you know, yapping back and forth to Logan that he would take both of them on, Jake and Logan, Logan and Jake. He'd fight you both the same night. I'll take both. I'll take. I'll fight you both on the same night. Puss and C. <laughs> that was that's a good line. That's a good line from Floyd. And uh, in one of his uh, when he was walking the the press line after the main stage press conference he said the world is my turf oh okay thanks floyd appreciate it and logan kept saying i'm gonna f this dude up and so we'll see now jake kept pushing it and jake you know kept saying about his shoes being dirty and then even floyd's press lady was like it's like those are brand new shoes wear them once and done and so that i mean that was a little knife in the heart it got to him got to him and they talked about you know uh floyd talked about the japanese scandal with the brothers and uh the the logan talked about the uh, spousal abuse so it got a little personal so floyd is walking the press line and jake comes up with uh and they're filming 
and Jake comes up and he's yapping and he gets into Floyd's face and he takes his hat and he goes, got your hat and he runs off. Now I'm thinking to myself, wait a second. If you're Floyd Mayweather and you just got done saying that this is a show and we're excited to be here and they, they think it's a fight, but I, you know, this is a show. It's entertainment. We're here. If that dingleberry takes my hat, don't I just say, why, what, what, why are you running away? Why, if you wanted my, one of my hats, you just had to ask. Or you could go to my website. I got them for sale at Mayweather.com. I mean, he could have just, you know, and handled it that way. Instead, he chases after them and they get into a scuffle. I know it's a show. I know it's a boxing. I, I get it. I get it. Believe me. I just feel like Floyd, with the persona that he brought to that press conference, he handled that part of it with the hat way off base. But I guess they needed some kind of scuffle to create a little bit of news. Well, now Jake has been banned from Hard Rock Stadium for the fight. So just more more action for the show and the fight, but uh, I just found it I just found thought maybe Floyd could have handled that a little bit better. Had I been representing him, I would have told him if something like that happens, handle it better. But, you know, now it's a big scuffle, it's a big thing and uh you know, it makes good. I want Floyd Mayweather. Now he said that it would probably take longer than a couple of minutes. I said, you know, he hoped that it would take longer because he talked about one of his fights that only took a couple of minutes. He said, hopefully this one will take a little bit longer. And so, you know, maybe he was talking about Jake's fight when they talked about, but he talked about it being long, you know, take a little bit longer because Logan's a, Logan's a big boy and he's younger. You know, he's got 20 years. <laughs> Floyd's got 20 years on him, man, and uh, 20 years of work. Now that's what makes Floyd the champ. Right, I mean, he has he's undefeated, and he is the champ, and so it'll be it'll be fun to watch. It'll be fun to watch. I'm looking forward to it. June 6 at Hard Rock, and the show around it. They can have all the show they want around it, but I mean, the fight itself is going to be fun to watch. Now they talked about having you know maybe 30, 40, 50, 60 thousand people there. I would say, man, if I'm Floyd, Floyd was telling people come to Miami, let's go, man. If I'm Floyd Mayweather, if you get, you know, I'm not talking about the streaming. Um, because I'm obviously not going to be watching it in Miami. I will be in my home here in Fort Worth, Texas, watching it over the internet. Um, but I would say that um, if that stadium gets to thirty, forty thousand people, Floyd should just buy another ten thousand tickets and just walk down the streets of Miami and give them away just to get 50, at least 50,000 in that stadium, right? Make that thing loud for Floyd, man. Because, you know, the earth is his turf. (laughs) And since Jake just got banned from Hard Rock, Floyd's off the hook for having to fight both of them that same night. So all he has to do is fight puss and not see. So I'd like to thank the executive producer of Jeopardy to for listening to Chewing the Fat because I told you earlier this week that they needed to make a decision on Jeopardy. The guest host thing is we're done with it and they need to make a decision. Well, he has revealed that the show will have chosen its next official host by the start of season 38. Season 38, which begins filming in late July or early August of this year. So they're done with it as well. Thank you. It's about time. I appreciate you listening to Chewing the Fat. He gave a song and dance and why it's, you know, taken so long. 
he said that it, uh, you know, the fans, the country, the staff, you know, if it was, if it was on a Friday and Alex's last show and then Monday, it's a new person that would probably be unfair to the person stepping into it. Well, yeah, it would. I mean, you never want to be the guy following the guy. You always want to be the guy following the guy that followed the guy. (laughs) That's a good rule of thumb. You never want to be the guy following the guy. You always want to be the guy following the guy who followed the guy. Because the guy who followed the guy is never going to make it. They are never as good as the guy. Anyway, and we talked about that with Rush too. But so they decided that they were going to go through this whole litany of guest hosts. I think they just waited too long, really. They should have. They got into this guest host thing and everybody wanted to do it and everybody thinks they can do it. So then they were into a trap right and he he seemed to think that uh you know their search for a new permanent host with bringing on all these guest hosts that uh you know we want to see how the fans respond to different candidates well yeah duh and you want to make an informed decision well yeah with you know real analytics and real testing well that's true but you don't want to get too far into the woods or into the weeds because you want to get the show going and you want to keep people interested in the show besides watching, Oh, not another guest host. I don't like him and I don't like her. And I wish they would ask better the way I don't like the way they speak, whatever. So, you know, we've still got, uh, you know, we still got a bunch of them. We went over them the other day. Um, you know, we have Bill Whitaker right now and Buzzy Cohen and, the chick from Big Bang Theory, Maya Bellick, and Savannah Guthrie, and Dr. Gupta, and Stephanopoulos, and Robin Roberts, and LeVar Burton, David Faber, Joe Buck. Enough already! So it is enough. Uh, and, the, and Joe Buck is scheduled August 9th, August 13th. So I guess maybe they'll start filming right after that, mid-August? Or will they start filming in July where you've got Robin, so that doesn't bode well for Robin Roberts, LeVar Burton, they're both scheduled for July, David Faber and Joe Buck are scheduled for August, the first half of August, so if they start filming the new shows while they're still doing these shows with the fill-in hosts, that means that these fill-in hosts don't have a shot. Have a nice day. Right, so if they've already made their decision, and they they haven't announced it, then these people have a nice day, take a hike. So I think it's probably going to be uh, the executive producer himself, Mike Jeopardy or Mike Richards for Jeopardy, and you know he's probably saying we can't, you know, you can't announce yourself, but you're it because he was great and everybody liked him. So he's just saying, yeah, you know, we're going to decide. And we'll let you know, we've already decided and we'll have a new host for next season. Oh, by the way, it's going to be me. He's not going to say that, right? He's going to love it. <laughs> but that's pretty much what he said. You read between the lines of this interview, that's what he said. So anyway, Mike, thanks for listening and finally getting out there and let us letting us know that the new host of Jeopardy will be at the helm for the start of the next season. And that uh, if, while we read between the lines that it's going to be you. So. Appreciate it.
What causes a divorce? Bill and Melinda Gates obviously announced on Monday that they would divorce. And there's all kinds of talk about what's going on behind the scenes. And they didn't have a prenuptial agreement. They were married for 27 years. Now, stories are starting to come out that Melinda was all wound up that they had a meeting with Jeffrey Epstein in 2013. And according to this story, she was, you know, uncomfortable meeting with Epstein. Very possible. Very, very possible with that. There's stories about how the secret land holdings by Bill Gates could, you know, now come to the forefront. Why? I mean, it's not secret. They've got 270,000 acres of land. It's no secret. They've, there's, they've got, uh, you know, they've got land in Washington, Idaho, Wyoming, Wyoming, Nebraska, Colorado, New Mexico, Arizona, California, Louisiana, Mississippi, Arkansas, Illinois, Iowa, Wisconsin, Michigan, Ohio, Indiana, Mississippi, Florida, North Carolina. <laughs> got no land in Texas though. Texas, Oklahoma, Missouri, no land there. And no land in Wyoming. Uh, there's got land in Wyoming. What's up top here? Uh, the Dakotas and uh, Montana. No property there. No property in Utah. Anyway, you get the idea. So it's not a big secret. I mean, hello. With no prenup, all of it's on the table. And there's one guy, this Michael Larson, who he's the guy. He's the guy that knows it all. Michael Larson. He looked after the Gates' personal portfolio, the portfolio for the Bill and Melinda Gates Foundation, and he's done so for about 25 years. So this guy knows it all. He knows where the money is. <laughs> so, okay. It's coming down to the wire now, man. I know that it was just reported that Melinda had rented a private island and they made a big deal. $132,000 a night. Well, yeah, no kidding. You're renting an island. Hello. That's not like uh, staying at the Motel 6 for 60 bucks a night. But she rented this island prior to the divorce announcement. Everyone in the family was invited to spend time. And the island was in Grenada. My old stomping grounds. <laughs> not really, but it's an old joke. So they were all told about the announcement according to this and they wanted everybody to know about it and it was going to come, you know, come as, a, you know, the press was going to be all over the place. So the couple first announced their divorce to the world Monday in a joint statement to their respective social media accounts. Wow, man. Now they're talking about Melinda getting uh, more than what <laughs> Bezos' wife got. Bezos' wife got $35 billion. So, I mean, Melinda's going to get more than that, right? I mean, I would say that if she still loves him, and that's questionable in and of itself, but if she still has feelings for him, she probably doesn't love him anymore. She probably hasn't loved him for a number, any, a bunch of years. But, uh, you know, they're just, you know, being with each other. But I'm saying that she gets, you know, she walks away with, you know, I don't know. I, my original thought was that the, you keep Bill at the hundred billion mark, so he still is a hundred billionaire. But if she doesn't really care, 
then she wants, you know, at least 50 to 60 billion. Puts her above McKenzie. Gives a little slap in the face to the Bezos a little bit. And, you know, she's satisfied. We'll see. It's going to be, it's going to be interesting, man. It's going to be tough to keep any of this private. So what, I mean, things that cause a divorce. If you look at some of what the therapists all say, that it comes down to, you know, this therapist has the three eyes. So you've got incompatibility, infidelity, and irreconcilable differences. Okay, those are the three eyes that uh, cause a divorce, according to Tess Brigham. So, you know, the three eyes can affect a couple over their marriage, according to Tess Brigham. You know, you have people like Kristen Bell. She says that husband Dax Shepard, well, we of course acknowledge attraction for other people. We're not dead. Oh, okay. I mean, I guess that's true with everyone. She claims that uh, when they're watching TV, he can tell me someone he finds attractive because he pauses. Like she uses the Olympics as a as an example. You know, if we're watching the Olympics and he'll just pause it on a lot of runners and that he finds attractive, female or male. <laughs> and, you know, I'm not, uh, I, I, I'm fine. He's not going to leave me for that person. I'm not allowing my self-esteem to be affected. I know that there are people on planet Earth that are more attractive than me. And while we're not dead, I have to acknowledge we're monkeys. Are you? Are you, Kristen? Okay. All right, Kristen. Whatever. If you say so. But I don't know that, uh, you know, maybe someday Kristen and Dax will get to that incompatibility, infidelity, and irreconcilable differences, the three eyes, Or maybe... Maybe, just maybe, I see this headline out of the New York Times, and I I don't subscribe to the New York Times, so it won't let me open the story. But I will tell you that the headline, since it is Fat Pile Friday, and we're liposuctioning today, the talks about uh, health. The headline, if you click on the uh, URL, it says, uh, Health Shower Bathing Pandemic. Now, I do know what the story was about. The story was about a percentage of people who had stopped bathing, showering every day since the pandemic. And now that they're going back to work, they're going to stick with that schedule. They don't, they don't feel like they need to take a shower every day. Oh, okay. Let me tell you this. That may hold true for about the first week. And the first time you go into the office and Millie says, dude, back off me. I don't know what you're doing, but uh, the axe ain't working, bro. You're going to be taking a shower every day. Okay. I can't imagine. I mean, I, I I can imagine not showering every day. Absolutely. And, you know, and it wasn't, it's not just the pandemic. You know, you, you go through times where you're off a week and you don't take a shower every day and you don't shave every day because you're like, okay, that's enough. But to not do it, all the oh man I I can't I, I got to take a shower and you have to you know you have to bathe I'm sorry you have to bathe that's a must I know that a lot of you women out there don't wash your hair every day you don't even take showers every day don't don't look at me like that like I'm not supposed to know that I know that okay I know it. it's you I've seen you before I get it don't don't look at me like that 
But if you're going to go out into the public and be a part of human society, showering, bathing, cleanliness is a must. Okay? That is a chewing the fat, take it to the bank. Okay? If you're going to go out among humans and be a part of social life as a human, you must bathe. I know. I know you're thinking every day. Yes, every day. Now, if you miss a day on a day that you didn't go out and, you know, mingle with other humans and you stayed inside your particular human dwelling, fine. No problem. But if you're going to go out and be a part of other humans' lives, you must bathe. That's just the, that's just the way it is. I'm sorry to disappoint you. That's just the way it is. Even when you get older, you know, you gotta, you gotta, you gotta bathe. You gotta do it. I see where, hey, oh, happy birthday to David Attenborough, Mr. David, Mr. Climate Change for the BBC production team. Uh, he turns 95 this weekend. Happy birthday. Now, David is alone. He lost his wife a few years ago. And I was just reading a story about David. And he talked about uh, that he does get lonely on his own. I mean, I would rather be around people. The thing is, when you go around the house, you know that no matter how many doors you open, there's not going to be anybody there. Yeah, I know, Dave. But you still got to take a shower. It doesn't say in the story whether Dave takes <laughs> takes a shower every day. But if you're 95 and you're living alone, uh, my guess is the answer to that would be no. So maybe somebody needs to stop by David's house and you know bring him a... You know, a climate change birthday cake with candles that don't burn or whatever. How You know, twigs for candles or whatever you do for the climate change birthday parties. And wish him a happy birthday and then say, Dave, happy birthday, bro. Take a shower. We'll wait. We'll have cake and ice cream once you get out of the shower because, dude, we got to air this place out. I'm guessing that's probably what's going to happen. It should happen if it doesn't. I'll tell you that. <laughs> dude. Take a shower, because we got to air this place out. 